Galatians chapter 5, 22 said, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, I don't believe that you can have the fruit of the Spirit in its entirety without having the Spirit. So these are byproducts of being filled with God's Spirit. Amen? We believe that speaking with other tongues is the initial evidence and sign that one has received the Holy Ghost. But we also believe that the continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of the Spirit because your life as a child of God has to bear fruit. Can you say amen? So we've studied love, (laughs) pardon me, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and tonight I'm going to talk to you about faith. Faithfulness is, it's not a common word anymore. We use the word faithfulness at silver and golden anniversaries and maybe when somebody's presented a watch for being at a, at a, a gold watch for being at a company 30 years or, uh, but 25-year marriages and one career lives are pretty, they're getting pretty scarce. They're like the dinosaurs. They're going out of business. And uh, we don't see a whole lot of con- continuity in our world anymore. With faithfulness, with faithfulness pushed so far into the background, you might wonder if we understand what the word really means anymore. Uh, I, I, I will tell you that I was taught faithfulness when I was growing up. Faithfulness in many areas, faithfulness to job, faithfulness to family, faithfulness to God, faithfulness to the house of God. Ironically, faithfulness is an extremely common, it's extremely common in other ways in our society, not just the church, it's, it's common. It's an integral part, integral part of human existence. Now, listen to what I'm about to say, because without faithfulness, our, our society would, it, it would disintegrate. It would not work. How do I know that? Because you just go ask the people that their families were in the World Trade Center on the day that airplanes. Go ask the people that their family boarded the flight that was to go to a destination that they never arrived at because they just expected everything. The Pentagon employees didn't expect what happened on that day, 9-11, many years ago now, but they just expected things to be as they always are. Faithfulness in our life is it's an integral part of it because you get up every morning going to work and doing things and being involved in life that you've done for years and you just expect that to be there. Am I right? How many of you is going somewhere to work tomorrow? Hold your hand up. You're going somewhere to, do you think that place is going to be there? Do you think you're going to travel probably the same route that you traveled 
last or yesterday or today? Do you think that the same key that fit the door on Wednesday is going to fit the door on Thursday? You see, faithfulness is intertwined in our life because there's some things that are we feel like sure. But I want to tell you something. Nothing is really sure. You can't expect everything to be the way it was all the time. Somebody said amen. It's always an incredible shock to discover that something we have relied on has, has let us down. I hate, there's nothing I hate worse than to get in a car and turn on the key and it goes. Can I get a witness? I'll sell that dude before you can turn around. I have traded cars off because the battery went bad. You better, you better function when I get in or you're going to be functioning for somebody else. Amen. So faithfulness is important to the human well-being because humans were made to operate with the principle of faith. Now just remember that. We inhabit a, a planet suspended uh, we don't even know how it works. We, we have ideas and we've read and we've studied science, but we're living in a world that's constantly spinning in space and, and, and it's, it's got a proper place and, and it's a process and, and we have days and hours and days and months and years, and, uh, but, but we don't even understand except by God how this process all works and how this earth spins and while you're sitting here feeling like it's steel, we're spinning, baby. But we have faith that it's going to still be spinning tomorrow and that everything is going to be all right. We don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to explain it. We don't know how to tell anybody in its entirety about it. Now, if you're a great scientist and you can do that, may God bless you. I don't. I, all I know is we're suspended in space and this world is turning. We are strategically placed so far from the sun or the sun would burn us up if we got too close. And if we didn't have the sun, we'd freeze to death. So I understand all that. But every day we breathe air we cannot see. We eat food that we have not examined. We pass through traffic lights that we assume will prevent the other guy from hitting us. We, we board planes and trust that they stay in the air until somebody puts them where we are designated to be. We live in faith whether you believe that or not. We are totally dependent on things that are eternal to us, and that is what faith is. This is the first blank on your sheet of paper. Faith is dependence. Faith is dependence. Let me tell you something. I have faith in my legs because when I swing out of bed in the morning, I'm expecting these babies to hold me up. Amen? We have faith every day. Faith. Here's what Hebrews said about faith. You know the, 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 the scripture, but it's, I, I want to give it to you again tonight. Hebrews 11 and 1 said this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. But if you skip down to the sixth verse, this is what it said. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You must 
have faith to be what God wants you to be. And every man, the Bible said, is given a measure of faith. Every one of us operate with a measure of faith. Some people have more faith than other people. Amen? Because that is a measure given unto you by God. But without faith, but faith without faithfulness, here's the next blank on your sheet of paper. Faith without faithfulness is misplaced faith, which only ends in disaster. That's why these two words in English are one word in the Greek language because they are inseparable. That's why some translations say faith and others say faithfulness. There's an explanation of that on your sheet of paper. The Greek word, uh, P-I-S-T-I-S, pestis, does mean belief, but it also means conviction, trust, confidence, fidelity, reliability, and dependability. And God is the best, here's the next blank, example of faithfulness. He is faithful even when we are not. I've always said, God, if I could be as faithful to you as you are to me. We can have faith, but we have to be faithful. We have to put that into operation. We, we, we have to understand that the Greek words are not only belief, but it's conviction and trust and confidence and fidelity and reliability and dependability. These things matter to God. What I'm here to tell you on this night is when you come to God, there's some things that you have to put your faith in and there's some things that you have to be faithful to. Amen. Could I just get right in where we live? I don't believe you can be saved without faithfulness. Amen. I, we're living in a new world. We're, we're living in a different world. I, I was having a conversation with somebody just today. It's a whole lot different in the world that, that I grew up in. A whole lot different. Because, let me tell you, if Bonnie Ballou was here and you taught Sunday school, you get two Sundays a month, Beverly, two. I mean, two Sundays a year. That's all you get off. And if you don't do that, he take your book. Is that the truth, Mom? Most of us done been kicked out. You say, well, that's kind of hard. Well, they taught faithfulness. You didn't, you didn't miss the house of God unless you were dying. My, I, I was taught faithfulness so strong. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, now I don't know all these types of flu, but I had the Asian flu. Whatever the Asian flu is, I, 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 it may be rougher or, or not as bad. I, I don't know. But it was called the Asian flu. Anybody remember the Asian flu? Got a few in here, okay? My mama would tell you, she's sitting right here tonight, I threw such a fit to be in church till they wrapped me in a blanket and they took me to the church and set me on the back pew and wouldn't let nobody get around me, but they took me to church with the Asian flu because I threw a fit. I didn't want to miss church. Number one, we got those Sunday school pins back then. Mine was down to about here when I quit. How many of y'all remember the Sunday school pins? Oh, 
Francis, you're, you're old as I am, aren't you? Yeah. I see you. But, but you know what? We were taught when, God, when God's house is open, you've got to be there. That This is called faith and faithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13 said this, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Revelations 19 and 11 said this, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that set up him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. God is faithful, so we must be faithful. God is not, God don't leave you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's there when you're sick. He's there when you're well. How many of you are glad you got a God that you know if you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and start calling on him, he's faithful. He'll show up. If you, if you wait till 3 o'clock in the evening and you start, he's faithful. He'll be there. But I wonder if we could be as faithful to God as we expect God to be to us. He's here. If we believe not yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. He's here, and the Bible said he's called faithful and true. So God is faithful to do several things in my life. He's faithful to me. How many of you believe or you, you can testify that God is faithful to you? He's, he's there when you're sick. He's there when you're well. He's there when you're broke. He's there when you've got money in your pocket. He's, got, he, he's there. He's just God. He's there. Here's what God showed me and God has, has blessed me or God has let me know how faithful he is. Here's another blank on your sheet of paper because he blesses me. He blesses me. I'm here to witness tonight of the blessings of God. I'm here to tell you that I'm a blessed man tonight. I'm blessed with a good wife. I'm blessed with a good family. I'm blessed with a good church. I'm blessed with good friends. I'm blessed financially. I'm blessed materially. I'm blessed mentally. I'm blessed health-wise. Hallelujah. I, I, you know what? I, I know that I'm 70 years old, but I probably run with the best of you right now. But let me tell you something. I've been blessed because the blessings of God are upon my life. That's how faithful God has been to me. He has blessed me. Is anybody here? God has blessed you. Blessed you with a good job. Blessed you with money in your pocket. Blessed you with a better automobile. Blessed you with a bigger house. Lamentations 3, 21. Here's what the Word of God said. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is, we're talking about God. We're not talking about me. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed Thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Can you sing that tonight? Can you know that tonight? 
We talk about the, uh, how do we know that God is faithful? Because of the mercies of God, because of the blessings of God, because of the things that God has given me. Let me tell you, nobody needs mercy any more than I do. Nobody needs grace any more than I do. No, uh, Look, I, I'm not talking about you. I'm just here to tell you, if it wasn't for the mercies of God, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for the blessings of God, I wouldn't be in this pulpit today. If God hadn't uh, had to bless me over time and time, not one time, time and time and time and time and time again, I wouldn't be able to stand here right now. I can't tell you uh, what to do, but as for me, I'm going to declare the blessings of God in my life and the favor of God in my life, and I'm going to give him praise for it on this Wednesday night because he has blessed me. I owe him that. Let me tell you what else. Here's how you know God is faithful. Has he ever protected you? That's the next blank. He protects me. He protects me. Here's what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. I love this scripture. It said, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He didn't say you wouldn't be tempted. He didn't say you wouldn't have trials. He just said he's not going to let anything come on you that he's not going to give you a way of escape. God's protection is upon his church. Come on now. Come on now. God protects me. I, 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 I want to tell you that he don't just protect me from trials and tribulation. You believe what you want to, but I believe the favor of God are on the children of God. And, and, and he protects us on our drive to work every morning. And he protects us during the day. And he protects us in the night. The protection of God. God is faithful in his protection. Not only does he protect me. Here's the next blank on your sheet of paper. Oh, I love this. He's faithful because he forgives me. I think it was Jay and I were talking on the phone here a day or two ago. We were just talking about God understanding that we're human. Aren't you glad that every time you fail, God don't just say, and punch you out of the church? If he did that, we wouldn't have anybody here tonight. (laughs) We'd all be somewhere else. But God don't act that way. You know what he does? He looks beyond our fault, and he sees our need, and he forgives us of our sin. Bible said, if you confess your sin, if you confess your sin. Now, that just simply means not to me. We're not going to have confession up here. I know enough. I don't want to know nothing else. We're not going to have confession. But if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin. Does anybody believe that? How quick can that happen? Just like that. Huh? I don't believe you got to pray a three-hour prayer. I don't believe you, you, you have to do some outlandish maneuver. I don't believe you got to be the greatest prayer warrior that has ever prayed a prayer. I believe you can just see your mistakes, say, God, please forgive me. And guess what? I believe it's just that quick. Does anybody believe that? 
We better believe that because you don't have to bargain with God. He just forgives. If we confess our sin, if we just say, Lord, I know I've done wrong and I'm sorry and I, 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 I repent of that, God says, I got you covered. I'm, I'm just using our vernacular now. He just said, hey, I got it. I forgive you. Your sin's gone. I'm going to wash that away with my blood. He said, if your sin is, is like scarlet, it can be as white as snow. And though it be red like crimson, it will become as wool. Why? Because he is the world's quickest forgiver. Somebody said, do you believe in deathbed repentance? You better believe I do. Don't you get quiet on me. You better believe I do. I believe there's been people that have been away from God for a long time that, that there came a time in their life they realized that they had made terrible mistakes and they've said, God, I'm sorry and would you please forgive me. I can't believe that God would walk off and leave somebody with an honest heart on their deathbed and not forgive them. I believe God forgives them immediately. I believe in that. I certainly believe in that. You know what? I believe God wants to save you so bad that if you will confess your sin, I don't care where you are, what time you are, what point in life you are, I believe God forgives you. Let me tell you something else. I'm going to preach a little bit right here. I'm going to shove these notes aside right now, okay, because I need to say this. I don't believe that when people are, are away from God, now, 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 you, you, you can draw swords with me if you want to. I believe when you come to God and you ask God to forgive you the very first time and you repent of your sins and you have faith that God will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and you will speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I believe that. I do not believe that every man that comes back to God has to speak in tongues. I believe it's good. I believe you can. And I believe it is an experience that you want to seek for. But just because, because here's what, and I, I learned this from G.E. Chance, okay? This is where I went to school, with the school of G.E. Chance. And he's, he, he, he can't answer you today, but I can. So here's what he taught me, that when people come back to God, you can't be born again and again and again and again. We don't, we don't believe in this church once saved, always saved. If you're watching by the Internet, we don't believe that. We believe that when, when you come to God, you become a child of God. But you can also be a prodigal son. You can go from the, from the place of the Father's house out into the world and partake of the things of the world and be involved in the things of the world, but you never will cease to be a son of God. You, I'm rattling your chain a little bit. Well, Pastor, they're back. So, so was a prodigal. He was seating, slopping the hog pen, spent all his money on righteous living, run out of money. He done everything he's big enough to do. I mean, he put his big boy pants on, took his inheritance, left home, and, and, and was broke when it was all said and done. But he never was. He never was disowned by the father. He was always the father's son. And when he came back home, the father welcomed him home because he was still his son. He didn't say, oh, that's the boy that used to be my son. He said, oh, no, no, this is my son. This is my son. 
He was lost, but he's now found. And so what I'm teaching you on this Wednesday night is you confess your sin, God forgives you. And if you've been away from God, I, look, you, you may not speak in tongues right at that point where you ask God for forgiveness. But here's what I believe. God wipes that sin away, and, and, and the Spirit of the Lord will come back upon you. Now, do I like to see everybody speak in tongues? I like to see everybody speak in tongues. Here's what I do want to tell you. I don't think you can speak in tongues when you want to, and that's been said in this pulpit, and that's not right. I believe you speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance in your life. I'm just clearing that up, okay? So, so God forgives. He's faithful to forgive. Man, I, I, this, this rings something in my soul because I can't tell you, look, we're human. We're human. And we make mistakes. And when we make them, we got to have an avenue out. We got to have help. And God's got to forgive us. He forgives way quicker than you forgive. <laughs> Maybe I ought to say that again. He forgives way quicker than you forgive. Because you can't forget some things and you want to you chomp on it for about six months. Well, you don't know what they did. Well, I know this. I know they slapped Jesus on the face and they spit on him and they plucked his beard and they cursed him and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You want to be like Jesus or you want to be like all this generation? Man, I need that big old long hand. Old Thompson Harold brought me a long arm one time that I could pat myself on the back with because that's good stuff right there. Amen. Let me tell you how else God is faithful. He not, only, he not only blesses me and protects me and forgives me. Here's the next blank you need to fill in. He keeps me. He keeps me. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 24 said this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. I'm just talking about how God's faithful to us tonight. Everybody say, he keeps me. The Bible teaches that I'm saved by faith and that I must walk by faith. Amen? And I must live by faith. He said, the just shall live by faith and that I must stand by faith, that I must pray in faith, and I must overcome through faith. All of that's in the Scripture. But my faith has no power unless God remains faithful. He keeps me. He's got to be there or my faith means absolutely nothing. Amen. So since faith is the fruit of the Spirit, it, it's, it's all about reproducing the character of God in my life. Now the things that I've told you that God is to us, we have to be. Because we are reproducing the character of God when we, when we have the fruit or the outcome or the growth that is in the child of God. We're talking about healthy relationships. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. 
nine secrets to healthy relationships. Well, one of them is faith because without faith, you can't please God. And when you get faith, you'll get faithful and you'll be a blessing and you'll be protective and you'll be forgiving and you'll keep the things that God has given you. The characteristics of God are important in the life of every child of God. There's some things you inherit from mom and dad. You know that, don't you? Told my wife not long ago, I, you know, I, 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 I'm like a lady I heard the other day that I'm so glad Weight Watchers don't have a limit as to how many times you can join. <laughs> Shut up, James. I see you laughing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that, you know, I've, I've been on every diet. There's been, I hate diets. I told my wife not long ago, I said, you know what? Do you remember what my daddy looked like? I look like my daddy, and I'm made to be short, low to the ground. He said, son, just tell him we're low to the ground for speed. But he also used to say, it has got to the place that it's easier to jump over me than it is to run around me. I know you can't identify all you six-footers, but I about decided it's my lot in life just to, to be short and fat. You better not say amen. You better hush. But I got some things from my father. I got other things from my mother. I hope I got my mother's long life. That's what I hope. Because she's 91 and just buzzing around like a, a bee. But there's some things you get because they're hereditary. There's some character you get from your parents because they put it in you. There's something. Come on now. We are some things because of what we were taught or what we were given or how it was handed down to us. The reason I'm in this church today is because of her and because of a man that passed on a few years ago. I'm here today because they taught me this. They put me here. You know what? I took on a lot of their character and a lot of their characteristics. All I'm saying to you is when you come to God and you become his child, he wants you to have the fruit of the Spirit, because when He fills you with His Spirit, He wants you to have faith, and He wants you to have faith that will overcome your trouble, your trial, your problems, your situation, your sickness. He wants you to have faith that will keep you keeping on, and so He's faithful. That means I've got to be faithful. Amen. Faithful, faithfulness in my life means that I have some things, and here's, here's one of them. Confidence. Faithfulness means that I have confidence. I think the first blank that you filled out was faith is dependence. Well, also, you got to have confidence if, you're, if you have faith in your life or faithfulness in my life. Revelation 2.10 said this, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be thou faithful. Everybody say, be thou faithful. you got to have confidence in God. you got to stay the course. It doesn't matter. The devil's going to be cast into prison. All these that are into the lake of fire and all these things. There's going to be tribulation. And, but he said, stay faithful because faithfulness is the key to excelling and to being saved. Not only that. 
but I must have conviction. Oh, yeah. If I got faith, I got conviction. We don't believe in greasy grace here. We don't believe that God just gives you grace so you can sin. We believe grace is greater than sin. For where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. But we don't believe that it gives you license to sin. Every man needs conviction. That's the next blank on your sheet of paper, conviction. John said it this way, 3 John, 3 John, verses 3 and 4 said, For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. There's got to be deep conviction. There's got to be conviction that stays with you. There's got to be conviction that lives with you every day. Now listen, there's some things that are sin because the Bible says they're sin. Everybody said amen. There's some things that are sin because your conscience says they're sin. You want me to stay there for a little bit? I I got just a minute. Let me do that. Because... We are all from different environments. I was raised in the church. A lot of stuff I don't know about, okay? Some of you weren't raised in the church. There's things you did and partook of in your life that I didn't. Some things are wrong for some people that are not wrong for other people. Hallelujah. I've preached this many times, and I know you've heard it many times, but everybody, if you got faith, you got to have conviction. you got to have something that you have a personal conviction in your life. And you got to say, I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't be that. I can't wear that. Amen? Because here's here's the deal. The same sin that is in the Scriptures that convicts you, in my humble opinion, if you cross the line of your God-given conviction, it becomes sin to you. Paul said, I will not build again the things I once destroyed, lest I make myself a transgressor. Do you know what a transgressor is? A transgressor is a sinner. So when you, I've seen people go back and pick up the things that they laid down to come to God. That's a dangerous move. I'm not, now listen to me. I'm not talking about things that have been spoken of over the years that perhaps wasn't really sin and you really had no conviction about it. You just did it because you were told to do it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, let me give you a for instance. This is one of the classic instances of of my life that I remember well. it, It wasn't too many years before my father died. Then I said, Dad, let's go to the rodeo. The rodeo's in town. Well, you know, I I want you to know that when I was growing up, nobody went to anything. You went to church. <laughs> I, I see y'all smiling, but y'all know I'm telling the truth. 
You didn't, you didn't dare go in a bowling alley or a skating rink. You didn't go to a ball game. My, how times have changed. You didn't do nothing. You didn't even play putt-putt golf. You didn't go to a fair. That fair is in town right now. And if you went there years ago, you were, brother, you would, you're hell-bound. Might ought to turn that thing off. <laughs> but I'm telling you the facts. So I said to my dad, Dad, rodeo's in town. Let's go to the rodeo. He said, son, I, I can't go to the rodeo. I said, why? Is it a sin? No, no. But he said, when I came to God, that's what I did. I rode in the rodeo. And he said, I told God if he'd saved me, I'd never go back to another rodeo. So to him, James, rodeos were out. To me, that's fine. Just in case you're wondering, I'll go now. I'm going to Angola Rodeo. Never been before, but I'm about to make the trip. Y'all pray they don't keep me. But, but see, that's a classic example of what I'm talking about. You've got to have some personal convictions in your life because of your faith, because of your faithfulness. And you can't let anybody talk you into doing things that you feel bad about. I'm doing good tonight. You can't let people drag you into doing something that you have a deep feeling about because that hurts your faith and that hurts your faithfulness to God. If you said, God, I'm laying that down, you better leave that alone. You better lay that down and leave it alone. You say, well, everybody else is doing it now, so it must be okay. It may not be okay. It may be okay for them, but it may not be okay for you. Is that okay? I think I'm in the scripture for what I'm preaching. Conviction. Here's another thing that faithfulness in my life means that I have commitment. Everybody say, boy, the, uh, I don't have but 11 minutes left, but I could spend the rest of my time and the next hour on this one right here. Timothy, Paul told Timothy, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, this is in 1 Timothy 1 and 12, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. He put me into the ministry because I was faithful. Here's what I learned, pastor. You can't give people a job to make them faithful. I wish that would work. Because there's some people tonight that I'd call before bed and say, I got a job for you. But you can't make people faithful by giving them a job. You give jobs to people who are faithful. The church can exist on unfaithful people. The core and the backbone of this church is those who are always on the firing line always on the front lines, always involved, always got their heart here. You're always going to have some, some, some spectators, some people up in the, in, in, in the stands and those that want to show up when they want to show up. Uh, let me tell you, and, and I know I'm old-fashioned. Y'all might as well hear me out. But, folks, there was no question when we were growing up, no question in my life. As, as anything came along, that nothing took the place of, of the house of God. Nothing. Nothing. Well, you know, 
my boy's on the ball team, and if he don't go to practice, you know what? You want him at practice instead of church? Are you kidding me? You mean to tell me that's more important than him rubbing shoulders with Christian young people and being involved in the kingdom? One of the greatest arguments I had with a man that left his church was because he thought that it was okay if he took his son every weekend to travel ball and, and, and to go play travel ball. And we, we, just, we were friends, but I said, you're wrong. Well, I don't see it that way. We pray every, before every game. I said, I don't care if you have a prayer beat before every game. You're teaching your son that the house of God is not as important as a ball game. Now, y'all might get a guy in here that, that does you better than this, but I'm going to tell the truth while I'm here. And the facts are, come judgment day, we got a lot to answer for when we're not faithful to the house of God and the kingdom of God. Faithfulness to the kingdom of God is the way God's kingdom moves forward. Amen? You, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to bite my tongue, not say too much, but I, it was just yesterday I told somebody, I said, you know what you're like? I told him this. I said, you're like a man that walks in and tells his wife, I love you, baby, but I'm going to live with another woman. Now, you don't think I told him that? I did tell him that. They probably ain't coming back, but it is what it is. Don't tell me you love me. Don't tell me how much you love this church, but I'm going to go off over here somewhere. That's, that's not faithfulness. Let me tell you, could I name a few for you? Could I name a few? Donnie Mac, how long did you mow the churchyard? 40 years without pay. Mowed the churchyard. Dub, how many times was you? How many years was you in that? A long time. You helped him those last part of the 40 years. Ronnie Cupid, where you at? He, he's not in here. He got tired of hearing me. He, he's probably turned out light somewhere. You want to talk about faithfulness? Could I, could I use him and Carolyn for a minute? You want to talk about faithfulness? I'm not talking about spring chickens here, but I drive up here many days and they're watering flowers. They're weed eating. They're taking care of the flowers around the church. They're on their hands and knees planting. Ronnie Cupid comes up here and drives this parking lot when everybody else is gone. I get texts sometime in the middle of the night, south doors open. We, in case y'all don't know, we do have a CLC police. And he'll tell on you, and I'm glad he does. There's a door left open on the front of the church. Thank God for people like that. It's called faithfulness. You know why this church is here? Because of those kind of people. I, I could go on. I could name a lot. But, but they're, they're, this church is not here by those that show up on Sunday when they want to. This church is here because they're people that are faithful to God. And the kingdom of God is their life. The kingdom of God is their heart. The kingdom of God has given everything they've got to the kingdom. Amen? Thank God for faithful people. You know what? These are faithful. Look around you right now. These are faithful people. Faithful. I pastor people in here that if they're not here, I'm I'm fixing to find out what's going on because I know their lifestyle. And I know if the house of God is open, they're going to be here. Amen. We 
Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Faith, faith produces faithfulness. Let me hurry. Consistency. That's the last blank. Consistency. Whew. Oh, consistency, thou art a jewel. Mm. Consistency. He, Luke 16, 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. The scriptures teach that faithfulness must be demonstrated in our relationship with people as well as our relationship with God. Consistent only, only a relationship built on confidence and conviction and commitment and consistency can survive the pressures of life. If you want to be what God wants you to be to other people, you got to have confidence, you got to have conviction, you got to have commitment, you got to have consistency. Consistency is a jewel. Just just doing the same thing and never wavering. You know what? God's got to smile at people that are unwavering. He loves people that won't just, you, you, can't, you can't just bow out of the battle when you want to. Come on now. Join the army. Go to the war and see if, see if you get in trouble when you say, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't feel like fighting today. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay back here in the barracks and I'm, I'm going to go get back on the boat. And, oh, come on. Come on, consistency. You're there day in and day out. You're da- there when everybody's up high. But guess what? You're there when everybody's low. You're there in the middle of the night. You're there in the middle of the day. It doesn't matter how hot the sun is. You're just there. You're there. Consistency. That faithfulness faithfulness is consistency it's being consistent in the house of god being consistent in your giving to god being consistent with your prayer to god being consistent with your fasting being consistent with your reading of the word of god i'm just talking about everyday life you just got to get consistent in some things boy that's valuable isn't it what would the church be without consistent people? Living for God has to become, watch me, a habit. You've got to make it a habit. Where are you going to be Sunday? I'm going to be at church. It's a habit. There's no question. I'm going to be at church. Where are you going to be Wednesday? I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to church. And if I got company at my house, they know I'm going to church. So you can go to church with me or you can stay home till I get home. I might have hit a snag right there and shared a pen. Well, Pastor Uncle So-and-So's coming tomorrow night, so. Let me get out of here. The traits that I've talked about, they're invisible sometimes to casual observers, but they're painfully obvious to those who know us well. And faithfulness to God is found in the habits of our life, and sometimes nobody recognizes them, but in the end, they will recognize what you've done and where you've been and how you've done it. 
I was thinking, I, I, it's either today or yesterday, I was thinking, in one year we lost seven men out of this church. I'm, I'm not talking about just men, I'm talking about quality men. We lost, and I may not get them all, but we lost Bonnie Ballou, we lost Todd Oglethorpe, we lost Alvin Leach, we lost Clavin Schiff, we lost Austin Eubanks. Uh, there, there were seven. I can't remember, but 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 we lost seven stable, consistent, God-fearing, family-loving Christians. But every one of them, I could stand and say, they were faithful. They were faithful. See this? See all this? It didn't get here by that little crowd that shows up on Sunday morning and puts a dollar in the offering plate. That ain't how it got here. Let me tell you how it got here. By people who sacrificed and built and loved and gave because they were faithful. Let me read you a scripture and I'm quitting. Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good servant. Is that what he said? Mm. Well done, thou good. You want to hear the Lord say this? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou, thou hast been faithful over a few things, so I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. One last scripture. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards. It is not suggested. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You're not going to heaven if you're not faithful. You're not going to be saved if you're not faithful. I know that rubs a lot of people the long way. And we all have our little little ideas and about what that, you know, well, I don't believe the Lord expects this. I, I'm just going by the Word of God. I'm just telling you what the Word of God said. It is required of a steward. A steward of what? A man that is a steward of his time, steward of his money, steward of a lot of things in life. You're stewards on every hand, whether you know that or not. You've been given a lot of things to be stewards over, and it is required of a man to be a good steward. I want to be faithful. Amen. Stand with me tonight.